Hey everybody, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jonathan. Welcome to the Church of Jubilee podcast. I want to encourage you with this week's message. This week's message talks about uh, Paul, who was formerly Saul, a persecutor of Christians, someone who had been after the disciples and the believers in Christ. His mission was to persecute. His mission was to destroy them and to lock them up and do whatever he needed to do with them to prevent them from pre preaching the word of God. But along the way, this great man of persecution, Saul, uh, it runs into an encounter with the Lord and the power of Jesus Christ, the power of God uh, in that moment. And, and he begins to uh, change his life forever. This experience knocks him off his horse. It blinds him for a while and it teaches him. But instantly he knew that he had had an encounter with the Lord Almighty. And I want to encourage you this week. Perhaps you've been searching. Perhaps you've been seeking God for something. And you're about to encounter an experience. Something is about to happen in your life that's going to change your life forever but you cannot kick against the goads the way the Lord talked to Paul he said it is hard and difficult for you to kick against the goads which means it was he was referring to kicking against the Lord fighting God fighting what God had been trying to reach his attention by and he and Paul you know who was Saul at the time kept kicking back and resisting but the one day that God he came into encounter the presence of God his life changed forever and you too can experience that change of the presence through the presence of God and I want to encourage you this week seek the Lord ask God to show you have an encounter with God that changes your life where you just don't say that I've been change but you change your life forever and allow God to be your new master creator and loving savior that he is for your life if you have been blessed by this podcast please share it please let us know if there's anything that we can do to make it better we encourage you to provide that feedback God bless you thank you for tuning in this week and as always we love you and appreciate you in the name of Jesus God bless open your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 9 we're going to be reading verses 1 through 9. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, God. The book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. I got one amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We're getting there. We're getting there. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. The book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. You know, as I was preparing this message, um, I was kind of, there was another message that I want to bring forth, and I'm going to prepare that for next Sunday, and this, is, this message is going to lead right to it. And, um, but it was interesting that uh, I was watching my father, uh, Pastor Lorenzo Ramirez, and he was at a church, and he was preaching, and right before he started preaching, he gave his key verse, and I told my wife, uh, First Lady, I said, you know, it's interesting because as I was there sitting there, I had my laptop up, uh, my laptop out, and it was up right there, and I had it to the this certain passage of Scripture, um, and I was already studying on it, and then my father, he says, you know, he tells them to open their Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 9, verse 3, and I said, wow, God, only, you know, you are so great, only you could write something so special like this to confirm the message that you had for today, and, and I thank God because, you know, in small ways, if you look for God, you'll find God in many places and many things, hallelujah. And, and, you know, I wasn't expecting him to show up in that form, but the Lord showed me that, hey, this message is for the church today. Amen. It is for the body of Christ. And I pray that you open up your minds, hallelujah, to the scriptures that we're going to read. So the book of Acts, 
chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. Hallelujah. Let us read the word of God. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. Let me just stop right there. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. And you thought you had it bad that people talk about you. Amen? You thought you had it bad that people were against you. And you play the victim and poor me. Here, here Saul is. He has threats of murder. And he's, and he's going up against the disciples of the Lord. Hallelujah. I just couldn't imagine. I stopped there and I said, wow, God. You know, we get a little persecution and we want to throw in the towel. But these Christians and disciples had a murderer after them. Legally, by the way, he was able to murder them because of the, what they believed in. Let's continue on. Verse 2 says, And ask letters from him from the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them, might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near to Damascus, and suddenly a light shone all around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he, verse 5 says, and he said, who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord, that the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Is it hard for you to kick against the goads? So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Verse 7, And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him to Dam into Damascus. And he was there for three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Hallelujah. You may have your seats giving glory to God. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We read from the word of God that Saul was breathing threats and murders and, and a murder. And I can't explain to you how much of a determination this man had against the body of Christ. When I say representative of the body of Christ, that is something similar to you and I. Those who believe in the word, who believe in the word of God, who believe that Jesus Christ is the ultimate savior. Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Hallelujah. And, and, and he, we have, he, and back in the days the disciples had these, this man who was a, pers a persecutor. He was a persecutor of Christians, which means his whole purpose was to go and destroy Christians. His whole purpose was to go and to destroy the disciples of the Lord. Amen? You with me? He was so determined to, to persecute Christians, hallelujah, that, that here's what he does. He goes to the high priest in the synagogues and he asks for almost letters of, of, of uh, not a recommendation, but like a death sentence, hallelujah. He asks for a warrant, uh, like a death warrant, uh, a sentence that says, if I find Christians in my path, I, give me the permission to destroy them, to persecute them. Amen? 
This is pretty powerful because if you think about it, he almost had a, you know, when, and when you, people go into your house or the cops go into your house and the authorities, they have to have a search warrant, right? Well, he had, and what he was seeking at getting was a death warrant so that anytime he came upon anybody, he would be able to get them, persecute them, and torture them and do whatever he wants all in the name of the law. That's how determined this man was. Hallelujah. And, and when we come to understand something that, you know, it's not too far from nowadays that we're going through, hallelujah. There are certain persecutors in your life that want to persecute you because of what you believe. They want to come against you because you stand in the word of God. But let me just tell you, you stand all you got to stand, hallelujah. Because I talked about it last Sunday that all you have to do is stand and be courageous and let the Lord be God. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and, and so here we have Saul who was later named as Paul, just so you don't get confused here. And, and we read in, in, the Acts, in the book of Acts chapter 26 that, that Paul, or Saul at that time, was a Pharisee. A Pharisee was one of the higher established, educated kind of people. Sadducees were the ones that you would normally, commoners found among us. They would be like someone that's in charge but around us. But these, these Pharisees are more of the educated ones, the ones that have spent their time learning about the, the old law and the testament and, and, and the old testament and learning. And, and they consider themselves holier than now. Hallelujah. So that was who Saul was. So it wasn't just anybody coming around saying, hey, you know, I proclaim the, you know, that I'm going to go take. It was somebody who was of importance and who could do it. Hallelujah. But his first part of his life perhaps wasn't one that you would desire because he started off by hating Christians and everything that, he, that had represented Christ. And, and, you know, he started off on a rocky start. But how many of you know that your start is not your finish? Hallelujah. How many of you know that where you started in this walk won't be the way you finish it? Hallelujah. You got to believe that. Hallelujah. So our start, perhaps, maybe you can relate to this. We don't have it all together at times. We're, we can be lost in sin. We can be tied up in our, in our struggles. Hallelujah. We can be tied up in our struggles. We can be tied up in, we can really be in a, in a world of mess at times. Hallelujah. But one thing that I would, I would know, get you to know is that you must understand that God's purpose is forever in your life. Hallelujah. And, and, when it, and I mean by forever, it's until the day he comes. So even though Saul, as, as a man that was, uh, you know, persecuting Christians, didn't realize that the purpose was behind him. He didn't realize that there was a purpose behind him. He started off thinking, well, I think I know what I need to do. And if I am given a job, I'm going to give it the best I got. And I'm going to go and I'm going to find me some disciples of God. But in fact, even being saved and serving God, sometimes we fall into these areas where our actions don't reflect Christ. Hallelujah. And I'm here to, to tell you today that we have to finish the race. You have to have a start. And I've entitled this message, this message is called A Damascus Ex Experience. A Damascus Experience because Saul encountered Christ along this Damascus road. 
And this experience that he experiences is one that you and I should be able to relate to. Hallelujah. But let's talk about this journey. Let's talk about the journey on the road to Damascus because it would never be like any other road. You see, there's certain roads in your life that can never be like the ones you've already walked through. Hallelujah. Sometimes you have to walk through a road and trust God that God is with you, even though you might be by yourself for a while. Hallelujah. You may feel lonely. You may feel discouraged. But you got to know that there was a God that's going to encounter you along the road of Damascus and give you an experience that's going to change your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, 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 you know, you might start off with some stains and you might start off with, you know, I think I know what I need to do. But somewhere along the path, God says, look, you thought you had this going for you, but I have something else going for you. Let me show you what I can do in your life. Hallelujah. So here's Saul. He's traveling with purpose. He's angry. And he says, you know, Brother Lorenzo, I have to find me some Christians. Oh, and when I find them, man, I'm going to make them suffer. Because I don't believe in what they believe in. They proclaim a God that I don't believe. So I'm going to make it my point to go find me some Christians. The disciples of God. That I'm going to try to find the main ones, the disciples of Jesus Christ. Those who say they belong to God. And I think that Christianity to him was more of an annoyance and it was hearsay more than anything. He probably thought of it as like, oh my gosh, here comes these Christian disciples that say that the Messiah is over here in Jesus Christ. And, and he becomes annoyed, I'm sure, and he became really where he got really fed up with it. But something happens along the way that wasn't part of the plan. All of a sudden, Saul was on his little mode in his prideful moment. And how many of you know that pride will bring you down faster than anything? You, you don't believe me? You think I'm making it up? Listen to this. I want everyone to listen to this because pride will knock you down. Saul is blinded by the brightest godly light that one can encounter. He's on his little pride horse. He's walking and saying, I'm going to go get somebody. And then boom. He sees a light that he cannot explain. A light that's so bright, hallelujah, that it kicks him off his horse. Verse 3 says, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground, listen to what he does next, and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And you know what his first response was? Who are you, Lord? For a man that didn't believe in God... He knew instantly in that moment of desperation, is this Lord? Is this you? Could this be you? Could this be the one that they're talking about? Could you be the Messiah that comes? Could you be the Almighty God? Could that be you? And it's almost like he's confused. Like only one thing can push me off my horse and bring me to my knees. And his name is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And then God, he says, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Listen to the next part. It is hard for you to kick against the goads or goads. I don't even know how you say that word. I think it's goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He knew the Lord. I believe that God has been working on Saul for a while now at this point. You know why I say that? Because when the Lord, listen to this, when the scripture refers to kicking against the golds, okay, 
This instrument was a farming instrument. It had a sharp point at the end, and it was designed to, to, to help with stubborn oxen. When they would try to plow the ground, plow the, the, the farming the agri for agricultural purposes, they would kick back on the, on, the, on the wooden plank. They would kick back because they didn't want to go. So they were being stubborn. So what, what we did as humans in that moment is we created this little instrument that was like a spike. So if they kicked it back and it hit their flesh, it would pierce them. It would cut them to teach them a lesson. They would hurt. And if they hit it right in the middle, it, it would really hurt them really bad. But it was to teach them not to kick against the, the people that were in charge of them. So the Lord uses this reference and he says, you know, he says, you, it is hard for you to kick against the goads. Which means he's telling Saul, you know, you've tried so hard to fight me all this time. But today I've come to tell you that you can no longer fight. Hallelujah. It is too hard to fight against the goads. Hallelujah. And let me tell you that the goads represent this part of a, 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 our stubbornness at times in our lives. And it represents a stubbornness that refuses to give ourselves to God, hallelujah, that refuses to give and yield to the presence of God and yield to the authority of God. And we say, I think I know better. I think I know what I need to do. I know my life, hallelujah. I don't need a God, hallelujah. I don't need a God, they think. You know, some of us, some of us, either you're watching through Facebook Live or you're sitting here today. Some of us have been like what the Lord told Saul. You know, we've been fighting God. We fight his mandates. We fight him. We don't want to, we don't even want to be here at times. You know, we, sometimes we get tired and, and we hear about God. I'm like, oh, yes, yes, let's go to church. Yes, yes, let's lift up our hands because there's a God Yes, yes, God is with us. I know the story. Yes, yes. And we become stubborn. And we get so used to God's grace that we forget that, hey, there's a God on the other side that loves you. And he wants to walk with you. And he wants to get you by the hand and, 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 and talk to you and tell you how much you mean to him. But you know what we do? Bam. Bam, you can't get me, God. Bam, I'm going to kick them. I'm going to kick against them goads because I, I, I don't want be, to be handled. He's telling Saul, you can't kick against the goad and not feel the impact of fighting me. Because you can try to fight all you want, but it's going to be hard. You can run all you want from God. You can run all you want from the truth. But one day, you're going to encounter a Damascus experience. Hallelujah. And you know, let me just be honest with you. I pray you never have to encounter one. Hallelujah. Because if it knocks you off your pride horse and you're there and, you, and it comes at a cost of you being blind or you lose something in your life that was important to you, you're going to realize that God was the one who has been gathering your attention. Saul's life was about to change in an instant as he encounters the greatest life-changing experience of his life. In fact, it was so impactful that it not only blinded him, but it sent him to the knees. Hallelujah. You ever have those moments when just the touch of the hem of his presence, just the touch of God is so much that it knocks you on your knees. Isn't God so amazing? You can be knocked off that horse. You can be knocked on the ground, but you still know it's God. 
You can be at your worst moment. You can be in the worst struggle of your life, and you're on your knees there crying out your heart, but you still know in your heart that God is still God. That God will still provide for you, hallelujah. This is why you got to carry on. This is why you got to push on to Damascus, hallelujah. You see, at the end of Damascus is your healing, hallelujah. At the end of Damascus is what you've been searching for. But you got to get through the experience to get to the miracle, hallelujah. You got to get through what you got to get through right now in your moment to get to where God wants to take you. Because he didn't heal him right there. He made him go to the, this Damascus, go in there, and he was healed at there at that place. God's presence saturates you and, you, and you're done for the day, maybe for a little bit. But then, you know, this experience takes you, and then you say, you know, I don't, I don't feel like living the way I, I used to live anymore. I don't feel the same. First lady can testify, she always uses this in her testimony, that when her and I met, she had asked God for her change. The lifestyle she lived before she knew me, she no longer wanted a part of. To this day, she'll testify that she doesn't want to go back into that. You know why? Because somewhere along the road, first lady encountered a Damascus experience. And from that moment when she began to know her God, it changed her life forever. Hallelujah. You see, because the only thing that she could do at that moment is give it to God. Almost in the sense of, for most of us, we fall to our knees and then we begin to ask God, what is this struggle? What is this trial? What is this experience that I'm going through right now? And what is the purpose? And then Saul's name will no longer stick after this great experience. God, you know, God has a way of taking your mess and turning it into a message. I always say that, right? Well, guess what he does with Saul? He says, Saul, you know, you had such an experience. You had a, a reputation that was the worst of the worst. But let me tell you today that as of today, your name will no longer be Saul. It will now be Paul. Hallelujah. And I, you will be one of my disciples, God has said. And, and, and you know, and he walks through and he becomes one of the greatest apostles that ever lived do you know why though because he had an, an experience with God he had a Damascus experience and it's not like anything you've ever experienced hallelujah you see when you come and encounter God it changes you and it changes your life forever you can't say you've been changed if you desire to go back and you go back how how can you say God's changed my life but yet you're not completely changed But many of us need a Damascus experience to truly understand where God had to bring us out of. You know, you, some of us had to be brought from the lowest points in our life. You know, you, okay, look at this. You, you look up here and you see, and you think you see perfection. Or you maybe think in your own mind that, hey, you know, we have to be perfect to be a Christian, to be a body Christ. You don't have to be perfect. We just read a story. Where a murderer of Christians, a persecutor of Christians, God changed his life. But many of us go through our day, perhaps we were lost, we're confused, and we even hate God for everything and anything. Hallelujah. But I've come to encourage you today that God is willing to do something in your life right now. That you, all you have to do is yield to the presence of God and the Damascus experience becomes real. 
And then all of a sudden he says, you know, I know what the world thought of you back when you were in your past. Hallelujah. But watch what I'm going to do. This is why pastor stands here today. Because what the world and everyone else that knew who I was um, in my sin and what I'd done and what I went through and what I struggled, they, start, they got stuck on that. And they said, oh, man, this guy's done. Consider him out. He'll never be able to be anything. And I said, God, maybe so, but I'll never stop serving you. You know what I believe the Lord said? Watch what I'm going to do with the man that has failed. Watch what I can do with failure, God says. Did he not do it with Paul? Hallelujah. He says it doesn't matter how your path started or how many you messed up in your life. What matters is that when you find me, you receive and accept what I grant you. You receive that what I'm giving to you and you let me change your life, God declares. Church, body of Christ, those of you who don't know the Lord, don't kick against the goats. You can try to run. You can try to escape him. You can try to drown your sorrows and whatever you want to drown it. But the one day God is going to come and you're not going to be ready. That's pretty harsh, Pastor. That's because it's real. You heard me preach encouragement. I continue to. And I will continue to bless the Lord and give love. But there's a hell and there's a heaven. There's a God, Jesus Christ. And there's the devil. And he's not here to play for, play for fake. He's here to play for keeps. Amen. Acts chapter 9 verse 8 through 9 says, Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Saul was blind at the, the encounter of Damascus. And on the way, the only way for Saul to receive his sight was to be obedient to what God had declared. Obedience is what God requires from you. You say, God, I'm going to serve you. I give my life to you. I choose to serve you for the rest of my life. God says, I accept it, and you have now eternal life. But you must obey my word. That's my requirement. You must be obedient. Because obedience produces that perfume aroma I talked, I talked about last week. You notice how Saul responds and he says, Lord, what do you want me to do? Saul had a Damascus experience and the first thing he says is, God, what do you need for me to do? Can we just stop right there and think about that obedience? Instead of telling God, God, I have a thousand problems, let's just stop and just say, God, what do you need me to do? God, how can I be effective in my circle? God, how can I be effective in my job? God, how can I be effective when I'm out there at a supermarket, God? How can I be effective around the people that surround me, God? How do I remain loyal to you, God, hallelujah, and not compromise myself to the world, but yet still be a beacon in the middle of the darkness, hallelujah, and stand firm and said, look, I'm, an, I'm not afraid to talk to sinners, but I just refuse to compromise with them. I won't become one of them that continue on in their ways, but I will be there to be with them and help them when they come back and said, I need somebody, I need something, I don't know what it is. Obedience. Obedience was what it was about. 
If Saul would have not obeyed God, then he never would have had his miracle. Do you, do you understand that, how that works? God knocks him off, brings him down. He's repenting. Saul's repented. And then all of a sudden he says, now what you must do is you must go over here now. And if he doesn't go and says, now forget that. You've already blinded me. Why would I ever want to be with you? Then he doesn't receive anything. And he stays blind for the rest of his life. But God said, this is what I want you to do. If you obey, I will have your miracle. And not only that, but I will do something great in you. Amen? Obedience is extremely important to God, church. Listen to this, what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm almost done. So for those of you who are barely hanging on, I'm almost done. Obedience is a requirement from God. It is a requirement that comes, but because when you are obedient, the blessings of God come. When you are obedient, miracles happen. You need healing, be obedient to God. You, you need deliverance, be obedient to God. You want to live in a life that, that is abundant, be obedient to God with your finances. That's the way it works. Obedience produces perseverance. It produces the strength you need to get through. Hallelujah. I believe that Saul, who was later named Paul, had no idea that God was going to do something great in his life. But the moment he encountered that experience, I believe that he realized and he said, you know, something just happened to me. And it's the worst, it's the, I mean, I thought I was bad doing what I was doing. I thought I was big and bad. But whatever just hit me right now is a representation of whatever I think, what I, I, was, I was something, I am nothing compared to this. And I believe that Saul really thought that. That's the first thing he said is, who are you, Lord? Like, <laughs> there's only one God that can do this. And this is that God that the body of Christ preaches about. But you must understand today that what it is that God has for your life depends on how obedient you're willing to be. Hallelujah. I believe that God is calling us, as I've been, been, given, I've been given the word, God has been speaking to me and speaking to the church, the body of Christ. And he's been saying, you know, that we need to stand and arise. But you can't go and minister to someone if you ain't got no testimony. You can't talk to somebody about an experiencing with God if you haven't had one yourself. Amen? You can't go over there and try to minister to somebody if you can't tell them that you've been through some things as well. Because the moment they think you're perfect is the moment you turn them off. But after an experience with God, when you encounter God, you realize that something changed inside of me. Something changed. You know that place that God brought you out of. You, yeah, some of, most of us have been saved in our church the whole time. But then we fell from grace. And guess what happened? There was a moment in our time where something had to change. And then we realized, wow, I was like Saul. I thought I knew it all. I thought I had it all figured out. But then God knocked us off our horse. And then it was then when we looked up and said, God, I'm so blind. I was blinded by so much. 
What do you need from me? And God says, you're ready to get to work? Because here it comes. Amen? Your life has to change and it cannot remain the same. Let us all stand. Hallelujah, Jesus. Someone who knows, who has truly encountered the Lord, hallelujah, through this type of experience, has a life-changing moment. And in that moment, they recognize that, you know, God, this whole time I thought I could fight against you. I hated you so much. You ever hear the stories about the atheists who always turn to God? Because, you know, there's that saying that says there are no atheists in foxholes. You ever hear that? That there are no atheists in foxholes. You know why? Because at the end of it all, you can fight all you want. But there will come a day when God says, I'm about to knock you off your horse. If you're wise, you'll listen to me and you'll accept what I've given you. If you're not wise, you're going to be kicked off so hard off that horse, it's going to blind your mind too. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. I believe that God... Is wanting you to seek him. There's an experience that has to take place. And for some of you, you said, I've already had that experience. Then let's encounter his presence. Because in his presence, there's a fullness of joy. And his presence is where the healing that you've been needing is going to come. So God stands here today in spirit. And is asking you, is it your way or is it my way? Your life has to change. You have to be different. What separates a disciple, a Christian body of Christ disciple, from the rest of the people, if not by what they say? If not by how they talk, how they conduct themselves, hallelujah. Your life has to be different. It has to be different. Watch what you say. Speak life. Hallelujah. Get off the pride horse. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to open up this altar. Brother.